0: Thank you, praise team, so much. Let's give them a hand this morning. Thank you, Gary. That was amazing. That was awesome. Want to welcome you out to Community Heights Church today. So good to see everybody. And uh, today we're going to be beginning a new series, going through the Old Testament book of Daniel. So so excited about this series. Very timely, very encouraging, and yes, it will be challenging. And today is one of those challenging uh, messages. And what I want to do today is really give an introduction to the book and an overview of where we're going in the series and an overview of what the book is actually about. And I want to ask you this, what happens to your life, um, what happens to your faith when things change in your life, Um, when you go through difficulty, when you lose things that are important to you, when your life is disrupted, when you're taken out of what you think is normalcy and you're placed in uncertainty, what happens to you? What happens to your faith? You know, there are times when you think, well, where is God in this? And it's not like you're losing faith in God. It's it's that you're really doubting God's involvement in this this world and in your circumstance. And you might think, well, what's God doing? And uh, really has God lost control in my situation and in this world? You know, this world seems crazy, doesn't it? It seems chaotic. It seems like things are out of control. But listen, listen, the truth is things are very much in God's control. Very much so. God is in control. Here's the truth. God has always been and will always be in control. There's a word that's called sovereignty. And that speaks of God's power, control, and involvement in anything and everything. He is He is sovereign. God is sovereign, and He's sovereign over big things when we think about the universe and creation and things like that and he's he's sovereign over small things um like the atom and small particles and and small small things that we cannot see god is sovereign over those things god is sovereign over kings and over nations and he's sovereign over individual people like you and me god is sovereign he's Sovereign over the, the past, the present, and, and the future. He will forever be sovereign. And the book of Daniel is known for some amazing things. If you grew up in church or you remember back when you were a kid in Sunday school or Bible school, you know there's some cool stories in Daniel, right? Um, the thing is, the book of Daniel isn't about Daniel at all, it's about the sovereignty. God in anything, in everything, including not just people, not just places, but also seasons, also seasons, which is a challenge for us today. Why is that? Because we're going through one of those seasons, aren't we, where it's just difficult, we're going through change, we're going through uncertainty, but here's the truth and here's a fact, God is sovereign now today he's on his throne and so as we get into Daniel 1 I want you to turn your in your Bibles there we're going to see that as this opens up there is a crisis going on there's a major change that the nation of Israel is facing and it looked like things were really over for the people of God so join me there in verse 1 in the third year of the reign of uh, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. All right, so right there at the very beginning in verse 1, this is a crisis for the people of Israel. The invasion of Judah by the Babylonians is how this book opens up. Now, in this context, the nation of Israel was divided into two kingdoms at this time a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom all right and the southern kingdom was Judah and it included places like Jerusalem and Bethlehem and uh, the Babylonians invaded the southern kingdom of Judah in 605 BC and Babylon is modern day Iraq for us and at this time they were quickly rising to be the world's dominant superpower. Um, when we think of historical world superpowers, Egypt was the first major one, and then Assyria, and then Babylon came into play before Greece and Rome, and eventually, you know, the United States. But Babylon was a world superpower and and here's the problem with that they were evil they were wicked they were a pagan nation which means that they worshiped many 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 different gods and they welcomed people to worship many many different gods as long as you worship their gods you can worship all gods it was a pagan nation and this guy nebuchadnezzar quickly became the world's most powerful king in the world's most powerful empire. Nebuchadnezzar's dad was the first king of Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar took over, and this guy was ruthless. He was wicked. He was mean. He was a bad dude. And he invented the Viking beard before there were Vikings. He had just this really, really cool-looking beard. Anyway, Nebuchadnezzar was named after the god Nebu. Nebu and it means Nebu protects the crown. And when you look at Nebuchadnezzar's life, his life was all about protecting his sovereignty and his rule and his crown. And he had just won a major victory over the king of Egypt. They destroyed Egypt. And so while he was on this high, why he had Momentum, and while he had uh, he was undefeated, he decided, "Well, I'm going to ride this out. I'm going to go ahead and, on my way back to Babylon, I'm just going to invade Judah while I'm at it." You know, that's what he did. That's what he did. Invaded Judah, and look look at verse number two. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God, you see. So Nebuchadnezzar, he conquered Judah. He went into their temple, the temple of Almighty God, desecrated the temple, took the temple treasures, and took all these artifacts that were holy, that were sacred back to Babylon and put them in his God's temple. How disgraceful. What a shame. What a crisis for the very proud people of Israel. Where was God in all this? Why? I mean, God allowed this to happen to his own place, to his own people, to his own nation, to his own treasure, You know, despite what seems to be, God is sovereign. You know, I want to encourage you to look back at verse 2. It says, the Lord delivered. Who? (laughs) The Lord. The Lord did this. And, um, you know, the Lord there is a Hebrew. The Hebrew word for that is Adonai. That is a name of God that's translated Lord. But you know what Adonai means? Sovereign one. Sovereign one. You know, God had warned Israel for hundreds of years, folks. Hundreds of years to repent, to change their ways, and they didn't. God had warned Israel for hundreds of years, hey, you stop worshiping false gods? Guess what they continue to do? Worshiping false gods, allowing the worship of Yahweh to coexist with the worship of the other gods. And you see, when you look at the Ten Commandments, God is very clear in that. It's interesting that God allowed them to be judged by a nation that said, you can worship all gods. Is that a coincidence? No. Sovereign God, Adonai. Not only that, we've heard of the Sabbath, right? The day of rest. Did you know that there's a Sabbath year that they were supposed to observe? So every they would work six years. They were told to do this by the Lord. They were told to work for six years and rest on the seventh year. And they were to do this for seven sevens. On the 50th year, that is the year of Jubilee. I know that many of you, you know, you don't understand that. That's okay. What I'm trying to get to is that Israel disobeyed God for 490 years. For 490 years, they did not observe the Sabbath year and so God looked at them and said you owe me 70 years see God is God is sovereign and in his sovereignty he followed through on his warning he did uh, so Nebuchadnezzar overthrew Judah he invaded the temple he took everything from the temple but look he didn't stop there this guy was ruthless He also took something else, verse 3. The king ordered Aspenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. So Nebuchadnezzar not only took the nation's best treasure, he took the nation's best people. He took people. And as, as tragic and as devastating as this is, it was very effective for them. This is why they were so successful at what they did. I mean, think about it. You go in and you take the nation's best, the country's best, whatever nation that you conquer, you take their prosperity, their future, their strength away and bring them into your country. And so you are benefiting the rewards. You are growing stronger and smarter and brighter while the conquered country is left to ruin. And while they, while they did this, when they did this, they would indoctrinate their, their captives slowly over time. They would teach them the their languages of not only the Babylonians, but also many, many different languages. They taught them history. They taught them astronomy. They taught them mathematics. They even taught them religion. And so what they would do is they would educate them and they would reprogram in the Babylonian ways verse 5, the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. So these guys were taken into Babylon, but you know what? They were not treated as prisoners, really. You know, they were given royal treatment, so to speak, allowed to eat from the king's table and be in the king's presence and have all these extras and things like that and they entered into a training period and after after a certain amount of time they would be given prominent roles and responsibilities inside the kingdom of Babylon and listen I say all that to say this the goal was to get them to cease to be Israelites and to become Babylonians successful productive Babylonians that was the goal now this As we read this, this is the first of three deportations. Nebuchadnezzar was just kind of on a victory march on his way back, on a whim, invades Judah, overthrows it, takes 10,000 people, including, verse 6, among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names, to Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. Wow, I'm, I would hate to have to repeat that again. Um, I had trouble with it the first service. So these are, these are strong Jewish names for these boys. You know, in Israel, when you named your son, especially your firstborn. and Your your name had a whole lot of meaning. It meant a whole lot. And so, Nebuchadnezzar knew this. And one of the very first things that he did before they entered the training period is he changed their name. He assigned them different names. Daniel, the name means God is my judge. God is my judge. Uh, Belteshazzar, Hopefully I won't have to say that too many times. Belteshazzar, the first three letters there is has to do with the pagan god, Bel. Bel. And it means Bel, protect his life. Hananiah means Yahweh is gracious. His name was changed to, to Shadrach, and it means under the command of Aku, which Aku is a, was a moon god, god of the moon. Mishael means who is like God. Who is like God? Was, his name was changed to Meshach which means who is like Aku. And then Azariah means Yahweh will help. His name was changed to Abednego means servant of Nego, Nego which was also another god. You see what's going on here. I mean it's just Trying to completely wipe out who they were, their own identity. Imagine what these guys went through, folks. I know we've gone through a lot in this season. I know we've gone through a lot of difficulty, a lot of challenge. These guys lost their homes, they lost their families. Their place of worship was affected. How they worship was changed. They lost their future. They even lost their names. Right? But you know what they didn't lose? Their faith in God. They did not lose their faith in the Lord. You know, their lives were disrupted in a moment in a very brief moment their lives were turned upside down they were going through this very difficult season unlike any season that they had ever faced before in their lifetime is that like us today i don't know for me this is the craziest season i've ever been through in my life i don't know if it's like that for you or not You know, through all this, these guys, Daniel and his friends, they held on to their faith. They held on to their faith. You know, for us, it seems like so much has changed. Our routines, our normalcy, our lives, our jobs, our our churches, everything's different now. You know, life was already hard before this, right? And now we're, we're given this season. And what are we doing? What are we doing? How are we feeling? You know what God wants us to know today, right now? He is sovereign. Amen? God wants us to know that he is in control, that Adonai is is sovereign. And so what I want to share with you is a couple of things about God's sovereignty. And I'm going to go through these really, really fast before we close. But since God is sovereign, first thing is we can be confident in our faith. You know, the fact that God is sovereign means that you can be confident in what you believe. You can be confident in your faith because of this. God is sovereign but he is also equally good God is sovereign but also good and how good is that to have faith in not only an all powerful almighty all sovereign God but also the fact that you can have faith in that same God that is also good he's good And for those who have faith in him through Christ, you can be assured of this, that God is working for your good. Romans 8, 28. And we know. And we think. No. And we know. We know. We can be confident of what? Of this. That in the good times, in the good seasons, in the normalcy. No, we can know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Listen, folks, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Moses is a good God. And that God is the same today that he was then. He's good. He's good if we ever come to that moment where we doubt the goodness of God and there will be those moments, please just think to the cross. Just think back to Jesus. Just think back to what God gave for us. You know, in this context, in this culture with Babylon and these, their many gods, their gods had to be appeased. And you know how they appeased their gods? Human sacrifices. You know how our God appeased his own wrath and righteousness. He sent his own son to be our sacrifice. Contrast that with Babylon and their gods. No, our God is sovereign, but our God is good. He's so good. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus, you can be confident in your faith and you can be confident that God is working for good in every area of your life through every season of your life. He is. I know know you might say, well sometimes it's hard for me to see the good when all I think about is the bad. I'm right there with you. It's hard sometimes when you're looking out at the landscape or you're watching TV or you're checking the news online getting the latest headlines or you're hearing so much talk from your circle of friends and networking that you get all this bad stuff, and you're just, where's God? Where's the goodness of God at? You know what this calls for? Trust. It calls for trust. You know, we won't we won't always understand why things happen. We won't always understand what God is doing, what sovereign God is. What good God wants us to do is trust. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means literally this. God is saying with everything that you got, with everything that you are, trust in me. I know it will be hard sometimes. I know you won't understand everything that I do. But God's saying with everything that you can possibly muster up, I want you to trust in me. Trust in me. And do not depend on your your own understanding. You know why? Because sometimes our own understanding can fool us. Sometimes we can get caught in trying to understand and we'll be disappointed for a long time because we don't. At some point, we need to step over into trust. Look, we can't always see what God is doing. So many times, God is doing something greater than than what we can comprehend he's doing stuff with amazing significance that we just don't realize or see you know in the story of Daniel it looked like okay I need to follow me here about I'm gonna close in just a minute it looked like an ungodly nation led by an ungodly king destroyed Judah kidnapped the people of God you know what it looked like The people of God and the nation of God had suffered defeat. It looked like they had been dealt a major blow. But in reality, the truth is, God allowed it to happen. He allowed it to happen. And partly to judge them, which teaches us the importance of obedience to God, right? But I want you to think about this, all right? Even though Babylon invaded Judah, at the same time, there was another invasion taking place. And it was this. The invasion of the people of God into a wicked nation. <laughs> think about it the other way. The, think about it the other way, please, just for a minute. The best of God's people, their best, their brightest, their most faithful We're going behind enemy lines into the nation that was the most wicked on the face of the earth. You could argue the nation that needed God the most, God sent his best. You know, sometimes we just don't, we don't see what God's doing. It's so much greater than what we could see or realize. augustine he he was a he's an old guy okay <laughs> been dead a long time augustine he's an early church father you know after the apostles uh what was this guy has a lot of really amazing writings he he wrote this speaking of this event right here this this is a divine invasion of enemy territory. the city of man is being invaded by the city of God. You know what? God is sovereign. God never lost control in this. He was always in control, and he was up to something greater. And as we go through this series, we're going to see the results of what God was doing. You know, I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what you're going through. I know some of you may be going through some very challenging and difficult times. But you can be confident in God. You can have faith in God. You can be confident in your faith. And you can be confident that in all things, in all things, and in all seasons, God is working for your good. Finally, I want to close with this. Since God is sovereign, we need to be faithful in every circumstance. We need to be faithful in every circumstance. So since God is sovereign, we can be confident in Him, but we also need to be faithful to Him, you see. And that means, um, that means we need to be obedient. That means we need to be committed to Him in every season of life, not just the good times, but the bad times, not just the easy times, but the hard times, not just the normal times, but the uncertain times, folks. We need to be faithful to God because He is sovereign. You know, I read some alarming um, stats this week really alarmed me uh, from Barna. Barna is a reputable organization that puts out statistics for nonprofit organizations and churches and things like that. Okay. 30, 33% of people have left the church since COVID. And um, no, I'm not just talking about, you know, I know there was a period of time when we didn't meet physically we met online you you y'all were aware of that this that doesn't involve that this number is talking about people that have not only not met physically but have not had any contact online no connections at all whatsoever completely cut off completely stopped being involved in the church 33% 20% of churches are projected to close this year. Alarming, isn't it? Over 30% of church leaders, pastors will quit by the end of the year. for varying reasons. Some of that is because the churches can no longer t- support them. And they have to. But many are just tired, fed up. Folks, we got to be faithful. Especially when it's hard. Especially when times are uncertain. I say all that to get to here. I've been trying to get to here the whole sermon. <laughs> Daniel 121. Okay, I saw this verse a few months ago, and I told, I talked to Chad. I, I said, I want to do a series in Daniel, and it was because I read this verse here. Daniel 121, and Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus, all right? Now, this isn't just talking about Daniel's physical location, all right? It's talking about his spiritual condition. It's talking about his faith. It's talking about him being faithful. Daniel remained. He remained there. This is the strength of his faith. You know, King Cyrus wasn't Babylonian. He was Persian. He was was Persian. This verse, Daniel 121 Happens 70 years later. 70 years. Look, Daniel sat under the rule of four different kings from three different nations. You want to talk about change? You want to talk about challenging seasons? You want to talk about uncertainty and difficulty? Four different kings. Two from Babylon, one from Medes, one from Persia. What did Daniel do? He remained. What's your faith like today? In this season, right now? Everything in Daniel's life and and in the lives of his friends changed in a moment. And not only did it change in a moment, but it didn't get better in a moment. It lasted a long time. Everything changed, but you know what didn't change? Their faith in their sovereign God. You know, the book of Daniel shows us some amazing things, folks. But you know what it hinges upon? Their faith through extreme circumstances. You know, God does some amazing things in the book of Daniel. And it's all because they were faithful to him, which tells us if we remain faithful to God, God will show up in our lives and do things that we never dreamed possible. That's the encouragement that we have. And actually, this is the type of faith that God right now is looking for. He's looking for believers that have the faith like this. The faith that's not only strong when things are good, but the faith that is strong when the things are bad. Not only faith that is great in a moment, but the faith that lasts and lasts and lasts. God's looking for people like that. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth. God's looking, searching. To show himself strong for those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. God's looking for people that have that type of faith. And what he does, he shows up in their life in strong and powerful and miraculous ways. As we will see throughout the book of Daniel. Is that you today? Such a challenging message, such a convicting message. I got to be honest with you. It blew me away, it hit me hard. We need to have faith in God no matter what our circumstance, and we need to be faithful to Him each and every day. I want to ask Bob to come up. And we're going to spend just a moment in worship. Whatever you feel God laying on your heart today, I just want you to spend a few moments praying with him and talking to him. Let's bow together. God, today we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for the truth that you've revealed to us today that you are sovereign. Father, there's nothing that takes you by surprise. You've never lost control. You know of everything that is going on. Father, and you are on your throne even now. Help us to remember that no matter what we go through in life. Help us to be faithful to you. Father, forgive us when we doubt. Father, forgive us when we Don't trust. Forgive us when we get off track. Forgive us us when we get overwhelmed with this world and the season that we're in and the things going on in this life. Forgive us when we don't call out to you. Forgive us when we don't spend time with you and trust you and read your word. Father, forgive us when things seem to overwhelm us. Help us today. Strengthen us, God. Help us to be like the the man who needed help with his faith. Lord, we believe. Help, Help us in our unbelief. Help us today in this season right now to know that you are sovereign and that you are good, and that you love us. In Christ's name, amen.
1: trust in Jesus the moment I aware. And when my soul I know the plans he has for me. Don't finish at my grave. Cause his love is like my ocean. His love. Strong enough to carry me through it all by the grace of God. And His love is like the mighty ocean. And His love for me will never stop. Oh, His arms are strong enough to carry me through it all by the grace of God through it all by the grace
0: of God